When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Winning Plays Podcast on the CLNS Media Network, the leading online provider for the NBA's winningest franchise. Welcome back to the Winning Plays Podcast with Brian Robb. I'm Rich Levine, and it is report card day for grading the Celtics in the 2020 season. Uh, B-Rob, first of all, you recharged, the battery recharged after the, uh, after the playoff run. You feeling good? Yeah, even though, you know, not getting to bed, these nine o'clock starts for the finals are not great um, in terms of getting extra sleep but um yeah i mean it's it's uh it could be a very long off season here rich so the the batteries are recharged but hopefully they don't need to be charged for too too long but we'll see lakers took a 3-1 lead over miami uh granted this this is the these are the playoffs of uh 3-1 comebacks <laughs> but i don't know as, as we saw with the, with the Celtics, it takes a lot. I mean, you can, you can get that you can get that first one. Three two is easy. And like they say, there's no there's no more dangerous lead in a series than three two. But um, I don't know uh, unless unless Goran comes back. I mean, I know he was close to playing. I guess maybe, and uh, in the last game, and even if he does, I, I, I'm not sure. I think we're looking at a Lakers a Lakers championship. Yeah, I I think the Celtics wish they saw a little bit more Kendrick Nunn as much as the Lakers saw in Game Four. Um, but they tried. My supposed to try it early in that season. None, none did get some run. Oh no! I mean, start right. I mean, he was great early in the season, but he just has not been good in the bubble. Um, and no, but early in the series against the, in the Eastern oh Conference yeah, Finals, no, he, he had a out. right. I mean, he had a great, he had great garbage time run in game one. Like, <laughs> was it even garbage time? He, I, I think that they that they used him early on in game one as the Celtics were building. What was it? A fourteen point lead, seventeen point lead. Oh no, no no no! I was talking about Lakers. Yeah yeah no they they used him early in that series and then hey, they benched him. Um, right. But now they they don't really have a choice of Dragic hurt here and so that's you know obviously the Celtics, um, you know that's that's the the luck of the draw there. Um, but but also at the same time it's like as much as it seems like the Lakers are dominating the series they are counting a lot on Markeith Morris a lot on KCP. I Rondo. Mean, Right, yeah, and you know what? I get that with Rondo. I mean, he's a guy that he's proven proven a track record throughout his career that you can count on when the when the spotlight is brightest, when you need him the most. I'm not as surprised by that, but I just think if we're talking about is there any possible way that Miami can come back and steal this title? I mean, the fact that there is a lot, uh, you know, they they are counting a lot on those guys on KCP and Morris and Caruso, who was a little banged up, I think, last game. I don't know. We'll see. It's sort of depressing talking about a potential Lakers final. <laughs> Let's let, 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 let's let's take a look back on the the season that was in Boston and Orlando. Uh, we're going to go through a report card for the Celtics, uh, top to bottom of the roster, and we figure just to mix it up, we're gonna we're gonna rank them. We're gonna, the order that we're going to discuss them is by how long they've been with the team. So like Marcus Smart is the longest tenured Celtic at this point, which is sort of crazy to think as well. So he'll be first, and also I know you you mentioned this before we came on. It's all relative. Right. So let, let's say, yeah. for instance, you know, Jason Tatum gets an A uh, because, you know, Brad Wanamaker doesn't get a C because he wasn't as good as Jason Tatum. We're, we're, we're grading these guys in their own vacuum based on uh, preseason expectation. Right. Just on what they are expected to do when they're on the court with however time, you know, 
like winemaker's not going to play more than 10 or 15 minutes in the game, but is he a good, is he maximizing himself in that role or not for like what are realistic expectations for him? So obviously uh, an A for him and a Tatum A is not equivalent um, in terms of who they are, the player, but it is, you know, we are grading on a scale here. And so that will be important to, to note as we go through these. Okay, so right off the top, Marcus Smart, career high in points this year, uh, almost 13, uh, career, career high in minutes, career high in assists, uh, 35% from three, not a career high, but still passable. Uh, turnovers were down a bit from the previous two years. Um, Marcus Smart, what do you think? Can you bring out your big, your, your big Sharpie and, uh, and give him a grade? Now, are we, before we go further here, are these grades for you, were they based on a combination of regular season and postseason? I yes. think that's important. Yeah. So that's like, and how did you, did you weigh them anything more than the other? Or is it just like the, the, the whole feel for you? In terms I, would, where, I would say that, that the regular season performance put them in the A, B, C, D, E, and F category. Yeah. Uh, and then playoff performance, you know, was the, was the plus or the minus. Got it. Um, okay. That makes sense. Um, I'm going to be, I'm going to come out with potentially uh, a hot take, a, right a hot bat. take here. I mean, um, I'm going to give smart a B minus. Um, okay. Well, let's, let, let, let's hear it. Cause I, I gave him an A minus. You gave me a minus. Okay. Yeah. So, this, I guess for me, this is more of where my expectations are for Smart as a player now. Um, the guy who was killing him now has the expectations too high. <laughs> I mean, it's, but I'm, I'm basing it off of last year where Smart, I felt, fell into a perfect role within the offense. He shot a career high 42% from the field, he only took seven shots a game. Um, he was obviously rose to an all first team NBA defense. I have no quibbles with his defense. Um, he was what he's supposed to be there. So that's um, no issue there, even though it obviously could have been better in that he series, but that's the, you can see that for anyone on this roster um, as that series went on. Why he falls down to the B B minus range for me is offense, especially it, it got pushed down in the, the playoffs with the shot selection and not taking high percentage shots and taking too big of a chunk of the team shots. Now during the regular season, he had to do that at times when injuries came up. I understand that um, it's part of the package, but his inability to fall back into that role um, when things got healthier and, or just recognizing that he is not on even footing with, you know, a Jalen Brown um, when in terms of what shots he should be taking, that's where, like not recognizing that and then not being as efficient as you'd want to be in year six uh, makes me have me think that it was just a, a slightly above average year for him. Okay. I'm going to change to a B plus. You think you, I think you did a pretty solid job uh, staking your claim right there. I like I'm it. still, I, I'm still not quite sure. I think that we're talking about a combination a little bit in those playoffs of, of him needing, feeling the need to maybe, take some of those shots because maybe Kemba was in a position to do it for at, at times it didn't look like Jason Tatum was in the mindset to do it. Maybe Marcus was looking around and saying, okay, no one else is stepping up. I'm going to be the one to do it. And it's sort of, again, they got to the point at one point where it was sort of like living and dying by Marcus smart in the playoffs. And unfortunately, you know, you're it's probably going to, 
you're going to end up dying if, if, if that's your take once you're at a point when you're playing against teams as, as solid as Miami and eventually, you know, the Lakers or whoever it was. Um, yeah, you know, a, a B minus does seem a little bit harsh uh, for a first team all defense again. Yeah, so like to uh, me, it's like A on A on uh, defense. And then for offensively, I grade him pretty much like a C his season. And so and it falls, and that's where you get the B minus. The, the, the playoff, the way things ended against the Heat pushed it down to the B minus for me. Okay. So if you're sitting down with Marcus for his, for his exit interview, you're, you're saying, okay, Marcus, here's how you're maybe going to get up into the A range next year. You're saying chill out a little bit on the shooting. Just chill out. Know that, you know, you're, we, we're going to need you to take threes, but we don't need you to take the threes with 20 seconds left in the shot clock when – uh, teams are daring you to shoot, um, especially when, you know, maybe that's fine in a regular season game in the second quarter, but in the postseason, you're in your six now, you're, you know, a terrific role player. We need you, but we also need better awareness from you on the offensive end. It kind of regressed on that front. So we need you to, you know, not only just improve, keep trying to improve on your shooting, but just be smarter about those shots you take. And I've said this before, I would love, and, I, and so much of this has to do with health and just the, the makeup of the roster, I'd love to have a situation where Marcus can play an entire year as a six-man sure. on this team especially. I think because it, it, just for, for his mindset in general, right? Because and when he's playing with the second unit, he can be a little bit more aggressive. It's not, it doesn't kill you as much. No. And granted, you know, they stagger a little bit with for the most time they either, you know, Tatum or Hayward or, or someone seems to be out there with him in that second unit. But you can you understand it a little bit more and Marcus Smart's taking those shots if Kemba's on the bench and Jalen's on the bench as well. Um, but yeah, I think that can sort of help contain him mentally a little bit if he, if he can think of himself, okay, I'm going to go out, I'm going to win the six-man award this year, uh, as opposed to, okay, Marcus, you're our starting shooting guard. Um, and well, that remains to be seen. We'll see how, how it works. At this, this, this core hasn't had a lot of luck with, with health and, and, and having the, the, the whole unit there for the entire season. But I would love a situation where he can where he can come off the bench for a year. Yeah, no question. I think that's too a, a bribe product of like building better depth and obviously the injury bad luck this year for Smart to try to take on too much at times. Um, and that's you know you can't fault him too much for that. Um, so hopefully, like you said, um, that situation presents itself with a kind of revamped bench where um, you know Smart can remain in that six man role more um, and maybe just have you know, a better option to fill in that starting five so he can stay consistent in that spot as a, as a glue guy off the bench. And, you know, he's his work in the pick and roll and like setting up guys is, is, you know, among the best on the team on that front. And so that, you know, that's a big weapon that the team will hopefully see continue as well. Okay. So B minus from you, B plus from me. That's like a solid. And B that's a B and Mike Pina came in, I believe with an A minus. A minus. Uh, so he'll be, he is unavailable, but he did, uh, for this pod for a very good reason, which you'll find out about in another uh, few weeks um, at GQ. But um, he goes with an A minus. Um, I'm going to pretend my argument convinced him to push his grade down to a B plus like I did a few. So we'll go <laughs> there. Well, sp- speaking of Pina, uh, that, that brings us to our next, our, our next uh, player to grade, Mr. Jalen Brown. Uh, career highs almost across the board this season for Jalen, you know, 20, 20.3 points a game, six rebounds, uh, not, a, not a career high from three, but 38%. It's pretty damn good. Uh, up over four foul shot attempts a game, 
and just as importantly, hitting more than 70% of his foul shots for the first time in his career. Uh, a few other little, little tidbits. Uh, had four, four career double-doubles coming into the season, had eight in this season alone, the regular season. Um, defensively, you know, always, uh, you know, often checking the other team's you know, best or least most versatile weapon. You know, as we saw with Siakam in the in the playoffs, I, I'm just coming out and and again, this is all relative. I'm giving Jalen an A for this year. That's fair. I'm giving him an A minus, so I'm not going to really fight you there um, too hard. It was it went pretty close to how you hoped it would after a down you know third season. You give him the extension. Um, you, you you show your faith in him if you're the front office before the season begins, and he delivers and pretty much improves across the board, embraces the challenge of facing, you know, bigger fours uh, for much of the year from a defensive standpoint. Um, There's still obviously work to be done defensively, um, just in terms of, you know, the being sharp and, you know, with his switching and awareness at all times. But even that area has progressed a lot from where he was a couple years ago. And the offense is, especially in the postseason, was tremendous. And so you put all that together and that's like, that's to me, that's the most important part. Like he was, you know, he gave you everything he could in the postseason, um, especially in that heat series. And to be honest, if the ball got more to him a little bit more. They might still have been pushing that series deeper. Yeah. And uh, one, one sort of little stat that I enjoyed first, first time in his career that Jalen was up over 70% from zero to three feet. Because mm. I think early in his career, he was a guy he could get to the hoop, but then like a lot of shit would happen. You know what I mean? I don't know. Sometimes he was expecting to get fouled or just, you know, just mentally. I feel like a lot of times when he got to the rim, maybe he was getting too fancy or just wasn't in a position, but he was finished when, when he got to the rim this year, more than ever, he was closing. And I, th- and I think that that is just, again, just, just his comfort level, his confidence, just his maturation as a player, just another little, uh, little piece of it yeah it's a great point i mean he he went into the paint with better plans this year both from like okay this is how i'm gonna get there or also i can dish it off here um when i'm getting guys on me he's getting a lot better at that too so like you said that's really great progression to see if you're uh brad stevens or the southern front office and now you know he's locked in below market rate for the next four years um and that's a a pretty important uh piece for this team to build upon yeah and again you know not um he's he's not jason tatum in terms of his you know how he's developed as a passer but for the first time in his career he was up over two he was play he had over two assists a game you know not great but it's an improvement you know per, per 36 and and just whatever his um his offensive rating 110 was the best of his career um a lot of things coming together and the I, I, and, he's, and there's still room to, to improve, I, and that's why I hesitated to maybe give him an A. You always like to give maybe an A minus, so the guys get has something to shoot for. You don't want to look and say, okay, that's the best Jalen uh, can do. Maybe it's the best he could do this year, but I think you know moving forward as a guy who's only but he'll be 24 this month. Is that correct? Yeah, that sounds right. He will be 24 in, uh, on October 24th. Um, still got a few years before he's even in what what you like to call his prime. No question. But like you said, like going expectations heading into this year, like this is about as good as you could have hoped. Now the, the ceiling is still much higher. Um, and so this wouldn't get him an A next year if he does the same thing. Um, but based on where he was last year and how tough last year was for him at times, um, kind of being jerked around in the rotation through a, 
a tumultuous uh, season, um, this is as good as a bounce back as you could hope for. Okay, tumultuous seasons. Uh, there's a man who's familiar recently with, with tumult, uh, Mr. Gordon Hayward. Uh, this season, though, I, he was up over 17 points a game, 17.5 per game, uh, career high, 6.7 rebounds, shot over 50% from the field, more than four assists a game, shot 38% from three, but obviously being on the court at all was was part of the problem, as is, has come to define his, his Celtics career a little bit. Uh, Gordon Hayward, B-Rob, where, where do you have him? I got on a B. Um... He did play 52 out of 66 regular season games. So it was, it was an injury riddled year. And obviously it hurt the most in the playoffs with the, the sprained ankle. But uh, when he was out there, he was pretty good. Um, especially but, in terms of his role. Now, like how much you want to factor in availability of that, um, you know, you can go lower there. I wouldn't quibble with that, but um I, it, from efficiency standpoint, he was as about as good as you could hope in a reduced role uh, for me. So you, you you chalk down a little bit in terms of you know a, move a little grade letter grade for just not being able to be out there when it mattered um, through bad luck or whatever you want to call it at this point. But um, when he was right, he was good. Yeah, and I think you talk about expectations coming into this season. If someone had showed you, you know, that stat line. Uh, at the beginning of last year and be okay, this is what Gordon's going to do for the Celtics this year. You, you take that in a second. Oh yeah. Easily. You know what I mean? And, and again, and even, and even though you see, you see how, you know, 17 and a half, 6.7 and 4.1, he was the, he was their best playmaker for most of the year when he was out there. He was, he was the most kind of steady presence I think that they had. Um, and then, and that just, that just went into how much they missed him um, in, in the playoffs and, you know, I have I had him at a B plus. I think that like just because I I really do think if he hadn't got injured that they that they do beat the Heat. Um, you know, because not only did they miss him for the beginning, but then when he came back and just wasn't quite himself, I just think that you know they're they're sort of in a desperation point. Like, okay, we got to turn the turn the Gordon right now and see if he can maybe put us over the top. But it sort of kind of screwed him up a little bit more. I think. Eventually. Yeah, I mean, I wonder like if they win like. If that series goes, it's, it's like 1-1 one, one after two games. Um, or 2-0, like, right? Or 2 you know, yeah, or even right, even 2-0, which is, you know, crazy to think about, but that was realistic. Um, you know, how, late, how long, how much longer they hold him out? And whether yeah. they, you know, bring him back, save him for a game. Because he was obviously, his best game was that game three when he came back. Um, so it was almost, and then clearly the strength wasn't there and, you know, he, the wasn't ready for the wear and tear yet that playing every other day does. Um, and that, that obviously showed in terms of how I played the rest of that series. So I wonder if it was a one game situation, they could have saved him for a game five. If it was a two, two series or, you know, even, you know, a game elimination game, six, something like that, how much, you know, that would have changed their fortunes and if they could have took care of business early in that series. Yeah. And then, and obviously just, just relative everything. And I agree with you that his best game, was his first game back and that game was six points, five rebounds, four assists. Right. <laughs> when that's the best, when that's your best game of the playoffs for a guy that we're, you know, we're talking about who averaged 17 and a half, six and six and four, you know, that's, that's not great. Right. Um, but again, you know, we'll, we'll, you know, we'll see what happens with, with Gordon moving forward. I think we both probably, I mean, unless he gets traded, but we think he'll probably be back next year. Yeah. It's hard. I haven't 
done too big a deep dive yet, but that will be coming on here in Boston Sports Journal in terms of trade options with him. But for me, it's probably a situation, especially with the Celtics' future contractual obligations to Tatum and Brown. Like, you're if you're trying to win right now, it's going to be really tough to get an upgrade on Hayward for the present, given his current value and contract situation, unless you're taking a lot of money in the future, which you probably don't want to take. Right. Um, no, I agree with you. Uh, all right. Let me get this in real quick before we move on. Uh, so wait, what was your, what were, you gave him a B? Him a B, you gave him B plus. So Pina will break the tie. He had him at his B plus. So we'll go okay. B plus for B Hayward. B plus for Gordon. Congratulations, Gordon. Okay. Uh, the, the wait, the wait is finally over. Uh, it's been back. Football is back. It's been back for a little bit, although they're in a little bit of a crazy situation right now. You may not be able to be at a game this year unless you're in Miami, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on everything imaginable this season, from game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props. Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. You can get in on their season opening bit bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures today. Head over to Bet Online and take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. And I will say this um, before the season, I don't know what Bet Online had for, for Jason Tatum's stat line. But uh, we, we would have, I think. So what, 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 what did he finish with there? Do you have, you have him in front of you? Uh, 23.4 yeah. points a game, seven rebounds a game, three assists per game. And that three assists already looks a little, little bit wonky. Yes. I mean, yeah. I'll, if you want to go to his – In the postseason. Yeah, the postseason was 25 points per game, 10 rebounds per game, five assists per game. Man. So that's amazing. It was, it was 10 flat. It was five flat. So the 25.7 is sort of annoying. I wish he just got 25. <laughs> 25 fat 25 10 and 5 would look especially nice um in in the postseason like and again he, he shot over 40 percent from three in the regular season 37 percent in the playoffs i would have guessed it was a little bit lower than that yeah really i think took a dive in that heat series um towards the end there um but yeah it, that seems low based but he obviously hit a ton against the sixers and, and the raptors which you know helped take care of those two squads yeah, it was up over up over seven foul shots a game uh, in the playoffs, and that's from four point seven in the regular season. Uh, and it's crazy to think, you know, where we started this season, right? It was it was such a it was such a long campaign that, like, clearly coming into the year. And by the way, I give Chatham an A minus. Um, I, I I want him to, like I said, that I talk about, it, I want to give him a little bit of room to to grow. Um, but we were hoping for for more. We, we, we thought the next step in him making the leap and breaking out was maybe coming, but I don't think anyone expected for what happened in February and for the most part carried through the year. No, not at all. I mean, this is close to, I also gave him an A minus and to be honest, it, it should have been the A, but I just can't justify it after how that heat series went um, no, that's fair. and how he like, and how that he was obviously a pretty critical component of those fourth quarter collapses. Um, so like you, I, you know, give him something to, to build upon to work towards um but yeah i mean this is when the season got suspended everyone was back in march everyone was like okay we saw the breakout in february is that just a flash in the pan or is this the new norm and tam pretty much doing it throughout the entire postseason run like he 
pretty much surpassed what those numbers he was putting up, especially with the rebounding and the assists um, during that postseason run against some pretty tough defenses. So this is what, you know, the Celtics future is far more brighter now than it was a year ago because of Tatum now and because of what he showed in this season, because of the potential he still uh, has to, to get to at this point, even after these leaps. And it's, um, you know, there's, there's still a lot to be ironed out this off season, uh, starting with some, you know, better figuring out some, some crunch time, just shooting and just decision-making in general. But uh, there's so much um, positives that kind of outweigh that at this point. And and I and the passing, I just want to come back to that one more time because no one no one saw that coming. You know, certainly certainly not at this point in his career. And and I and, and who knows it's still one of those things, like you know, most of the time I think you might rather him shoot the ball as opposed to, to, to passing to to one of his teammates, although it gets <laughs> to depend, depends who he's out there with. Um and also the the kind of shots that he's setting up. But his ability to see the floor and that's and that's so key as he improves, you know, as a weapon, and they start throwing more things at him, whether it's trapping or double teams or whatever it is. His ability to pass is such a game changer, uh, just in terms of his ceiling as a player. No question. I mean, his assist rate, um, you know, went up by fifty percent in the postseason, and that's just that's huge for a guy to to become that much better a passer without his turnover skyrocketing in the process as well with so much more responsibility on him. And yeah, like you said, you hope now Danny Ainge's job is, you know, you get better, get better fits around him to, to pass it to in those spots, guys that can, you know, fully, you know, when he's out there with the bench units and leading those units, like that's, if you get improve that bench a little bit, then you're in a better spot to make him maximize himself and for the team to maximize themselves there. So there is a lot of, I mean, a lot of promise there and obviously some work to do, but some, some pretty, you know, appealing solutions out there, I feel like. And what are your thoughts on, on him as a defender? Because clearly, you know, that was another big, big leap this year. And just, just talking about the playoffs at 1.2 blocks per game, per game in the playoffs. So it was in the, you know, and certainly when it came to total blocks, because he played so many games, I think he was, he was in the top three certainly by the time the Celtics were eliminated and blocks in the entire playoffs, but 1.2 a game, that's, that's pretty elite. Yeah. I mean, it was tremendous throughout the first two rounds. Um, I think it slipped against the heat, like the rest of his teammates um, in that series against a very tough offense. And, you know, I, I have a hunch that he was battling some kind of injury at that point. Um, That was, he obviously could play through, but I think that, you know, limited him in terms of just how, much effort and, you know, you know, uh, movement he could had, he could pull off on the perimeter against some quicker guards, but yeah, the, the defense has always been an underrated part of his game. And I think him being able to sustain it at a high level while taking on this added offensive onus, um, this season is, a again, a huge uh, plus in terms of his long-term trajectory. Yeah, I think one thing he can stay away from is cheap fouls. There are a lot, a lot of yeah. dumb, unnecessary fouls, especially in the Toronto season uh, series. I'm remembering. I'm sure that some existed against Miami, but you, you see some like like LeBron, right? He, and some of it is because of the respect LeBron gets from the officials. But generally speaking, he doesn't commit many fouls. He doesn't take stupid chances. And there are a few times when Tatum got himself in a bit of a bit of trouble doing that in the playoffs. So that's one thing that he can maybe focus on turning the page. Hundred percent. And that, and got to 
stop overrunning those clothes at, at times. That's something that kind of bit them in the heat series and was a habit that he kind of dropped for most of the year. But, um, you know, don't overrun the three-point shooter and leave yourself vulnerable for the, the head fake or just the, you know, the, the drive-by. So a pair of A minuses. Pair of A minuses. Mike also gave an A minus there, so everyone's on the same page. All right. Who do we have next. So uh, I have a I have a question for you. Uh, only one. So only only four players in the entire league. Only one person on the Celtics uh, finished in the top twenty in both offensive and defensive rating this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, four guys in the entire league in the top twenty in both. Who was the the Celtic to do that? Uh, that'd be Daniel Tice. That'd be Daniel Tice. And again, a lot of this has to do with who he's out there with. Um, but fifth in offensive rating this year, I think 17th in defensive rating in the entire NBA. We're talking, um, you know, I, I think the one, one, one part you maybe it, it was a fantastic year for Daniel Tice. That's the, that's the point of that, of that statement. A, I don't want to quite call it a breakout year, um, but a pretty damn awesome season for the, the starting center on the Boston Celtics. I think the one spot I was going to say pointed out his three-point percentage went down from, from 38 to 33. And I think when you're talking about a, a, what the Celtics might need to really put them over the top, you might need something a little bit closer to, well, to that 38. The bigger number was the postseason. It was 15%. Yeah, not great. Um, not great. But where, what, what kind of grade did you give Daniel Tice for this year? I gave him an A-. minus, And I think the only – and that's purely – probably due to that three-point shooting, taking a dip when it mattered. Um, everything else was as good or even better than you could hope for, whether it was, you know, the offensive rebounding, his, his ceiling on offense to open up driving lanes um, all year long for, for Kemba or Tatum or whoever he was out there with. And, um, yeah, he was just the, the perfect guy to, you know, didn't shot when he should have taken shots, um, did the dirty work uh came a, a very long way defensively from last year clearly was a lot more healthy um in terms of his mobility after you know getting a year out from those that the the knee injuries that he was dealing with um last year in the in his rookie year in the nba and for five million dollars a year one of the best you know bangs for the bucks in, in the nba at the center spot and luckily the seas have him under control for one more year here and um you know having him out there for 25 minutes a night is um, a net positive for this team. I thought. Is Daniel Tice the starting center on a championship team? I see no reason why it can't be. Um, if, if you get the right talent and the right bench talent around him, um, he's a great fifth option. And for $5 million, if you want to put your resources elsewhere, um, maybe depending on the, the matchup, you might not be starting in that, that NBA final series, but um, as long as you're not facing Embiid um, or sure. someone or another powerhouse at center, then I don't, I don't see why he couldn't be. But then it's like, you know, when, you're t- when you, when you get to that point, when you're talking about Embiid, it's like how many guys out there are you really right. able to lean on against a guy like that? Exactly. And we saw he's, he did start a series against Embiid and I think the Celtics swept. So That's true. Um, it worked out pretty well. Uh, eighth, eighth in the NBA in fouls this year. I think by next year he could maybe get up to first. Mm. <laughs> will he be, will he be, I felt like it's funny that this was his third season and it was, you know, I thought he was treated with the least amount of respect by the officials this year um, as opposed to the last two years. Um, yeah, I mean, he certainly was, you know, was out there a little bit more. He was certainly more involved this year, it seemed, than, 
fantastic. Maybe it took this this full season of really breaking out and getting it. It was almost it was kind of like a rookie year in that sense for him in terms of really being in the spotlight. Yeah. So maybe maybe next year got the 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 refs will be a little bit more familiar um with his with his stylings. So what was and, your grade? Uh, here? Uh, I gave him an A minus as well. Imagine. Again, that's all. It's all. It's all relative. But like, you you look at what he did. Certainly, and and he wasn't great uh, against Miami, but over the course again of, of of the playoffs, he had he had a couple of great games. Over the course of the series, uh, of of the season, he, he was he was a reliable center, NBA center for a really good NBA team. And I think that's more than than any of us imagined. Maybe maybe you imagined to be Rob. You've always been. <laughs> I've always been a tight guy, but I don't even I don't even think I envisioned this um in a full-time job yeah so yeah i a, a minus i think it's a it's a, it's a well earned again for 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 the money for five for five million dollars uh that's the, the, that's those are the kind of guys on those sort of contracts you need to sort of to win in the nba you know if you're dealing with the salary cap as it is um okay our next another b-rob favorite we're gonna go for Ooh, next i know who this uh, is miss missed only one game Played played more games than anyone on the roster this year. Uh, played almost almost twenty minutes a night. Uh, Mr. Bradley Wanamaker, uh, very solid third third point guard in the NBA. Uh, had had some some very solid moments in, in the Toronto series. Um, I, I'm I, I I I hesitate to give him an A minus. Why why I, hesitate? Just because, again, I, I got to get over the whole the whole relative aspect of it. But yeah, I'll give him a B plus, A minus. I mean, this is the best free throw sh- shooter in the NBA, on top of all his uh, just reliability. Yeah, it's an A minus for me too. I can I couldn't give him the straight. I was tempted to give him the straight A, but A minus. Um, no one gets a straight A, I think, um, after how the the postseason ended. But except for Jalen, except for Jalen, who we hate. Um, <laughs> but I mean, yeah, like this is. A guy who should have been playing, you know, probably a year and a half to two years ago once if if Terry Rozier was traded when he should have been. Um, But he got his chance. He waited around and maximized the offense. He had, you know, slumps here and there, but was an above average three-point shooter. Um, Just was very, like you said, played almost every game. was a reliable shooting option, ball handling option in most regular season games, hit enough threes against Toronto to help them win, get out of that series. And then, you know, kind of fell off, had a rough series against Miami, but big picture for the veterans minimum, this is as good as you could have hoped for. Yeah. It's funny. I was looking, when I was looking at the stats earlier, when I was getting some, some notes together for Shemi, I saw that. So, and we'll, <laughs> we'll get the Shemi. Don't worry guys. We'll get the Shemi. <laughs> um, the heat Shemi shot 28 for 32 from from the foul line this year yeah. and that's only 87 percent. so i was looking at that i'm like you know how hard it is to shoot 90 percent from the foul line if 28 for 32 doesn't get you there and then you know brad and brad didn't brad wasn't taking 32 foul shots he was 126 for 136 that's, that's okay. uh that's pretty that's pretty damn impressive but yeah you know he's 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 not going to move the needle very much you know Oh, when it comes to make make your break, making your breaking a season, he's one of those guys that over the course of the year, when you need some, when you need a few spot starts, when when Kemba's hurt, when Smart's hurt, when 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 any when someone has to miss a few games or needs their minutes scaled back for a little bit, you know, Wanamaker's the kind of guy that you just turn to. You know, he's you know he's going to be there. Uh, and again, he's he's very rarely going to 
exceed expectations, but he's he's not gonna gonna fail to meet him at the same time. He's he's a guy you can count on to be who he is. But uh, he was he was that a little bit more this year than we expected. Yeah, and to be honest, like once Hayward went down, like he had to take on a pretty big role in that postseason. Um, 16 minutes per game, and then you know he shot 44% from three. And again, most of that came against Philly and Toronto, but um, that was, you know, this, this whole season could have gone down uh, in an even uglier fashion if it wasn't for him, you know, kind of outplaying what were his expectations um, as a guy that you wouldn't normally want to be giving postseason minutes to at all. Um, so a minus for me, um, you want him back rich or do you want to move on to something younger or maybe more appealing on the free agent market. So he's so he is a he's unrestricted right now. He'll be restricted if they give him a qualifying offer. So they may or may not do that, depending obviously if they want him back or not. Um, since you know in this free agent market this summer or this fall, I should say, there's not going to be a lot of roster spots open. Um, so I don't think he'll command more than a veterans minimum um, if he you know wants to stay stateside i mean for the for the minimum i i would i would certainly bring him back i think i mean i i just i mean we'll see i mean they have a lot of draft picks coming up right i don't know if they if uh what you want do you want to do you want the number 30th draft pick on your roster do you want brad wanamaker next year i kind of want wanamaker um i don't know there have been a few pretty decent number 30 number 30 picks over the years i think the the guy who just had triple double in the nba finals might have been 30th so so it depends there's also some rj hunters at 30 yeah no that's true Uh, yeah so i I guess it depends i mean again it's where the celtics are going to be in a situation where right are they going for it now are you going for the long term what's more important having a guy that you can count on uh in 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 a second round series against toronto or having carson edwards right who who's a disappearing act i i think all things considered yeah for for the for the minimum i would bring watermaker back you don't want him playing as much as he did this year, but I think I'm with you. Like for the minimum, you bring him back and you, you hope you don't need him as much, but it's good, you know, depth at the end of the bench that you didn't necessarily have this year. Um, if he gets pushed further down there. Uh, next up. So a two pair of a minuses. Congrats again. Wanamaker. Um, Robert, uh, Mr. Time Lord, Robert Williams uh, played three fewer games than last year and scored almost twice the points. Um, another, another, another exciting aspect of, of Robert Williams, 27 assists this year compared to, to seven as a rookie. I think that, I think the game is coming together for him, uh, was a factor in the playoffs when he got a chance for one reason or, no, or another, there are plenty of times where he didn't get a chance. Um, I'm gonna, uh, I'm going to say B plus for Robert Williams. I, you know, I, I wanted to go a little bit higher, but he just wasn't on the court enough. Right. Yeah, I'm with you. I give him a B for that reason. Um, it's I, if it's this was almost the guy that you want to create two different seasons for, um, like the pre bubble and the bubble itself. Like pre bubble for me, Robert Williams, that's a C. He was, you know, fine. They gave him some chances early in games. He didn't really impress too too much in the first month of the year when he was healthy. Um, then obviously durability issues that was a concern. That's why he dropped to the end of the first round in the first place and has clearly been an issue for him throughout his career. But when he did get right um, in time for Orlando, it looked really promising. Um, both in those seeding games, shot 
74% in the postseason, Rich, which was tops in the NBA for anyone who took 10 shots in the, in the playoffs. Wow. Um, his offensive rebounding rate was second out of anyone who played in the playoffs next to Cantor. So any legit, you know, helps win them a couple games in that Toronto series before seeing his minutes diminish. So, um, but he's got to stay healthy. Um, so for that reason, I only give him a B, but if we're looking at just the bubble, I would look at an A minus or an A for him. Yeah, no, I, I, I think that's fair. And I, and I think, you know, he, he, he was a guy who came into the NBA with a lot to learn, right? The, the, the raw talent is there. The athletic ability is there. I think in many ways he, he really needs to learn how to become a professional basketball player, understand the game on a level that just went beyond his, you know, because you, like, whether you're high school or college, even if you're talking about Division One, when you're when you're Robert Williams size and you're an athlete like Robert Williams is, you can get away with a lot, right? You can compensate sure. for a lot by 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 being that. But when you, but you, when you get to this level, you got to learn. But I said especially that the assists. He, he he looks like a basketball player. The way I think I think his foul shot looks great too. I think he, like shooting, passing, seeing the floor. Obviously, defensively, the way he can block shots, the way the even the shots he doesn't block, just the way that he can alter the mindset of of the shooters on another team is so valuable. But I think the game slowing down, and I you know I will talk about this more at some point. And I know we just talked about Tice whether you can win a title with Daniel Tice as your starting center, but I also would not mind Robert Williams being the starting center on this team moving forward. No, I think he'll certainly get a chance for it. If not this year, then beyond it. Um, what do you, what right. you think about, about the other Williams then? Grant Williams. Yes. Uh, I went for B plus for Grant. I gave him a B. Yeah. It was, um, obviously a very tough start from a shooting standpoint this year for Grant. Um, but the intangibles and the defense were kind of there all year long as would have, would have been hoped. You know, he only averaged 3.4 points per game, shot 41% from the field, pretty ugly offensive numbers. 25% from three. Um, but he really turned it around, um, especially in the playoffs. He didn't shoot much at all, but shot an absurd 58% from three, which is huge um, for a team That's that insane. needed it. And defensively was probably the guy Brad Stevens trusted the most to play that small ball center as the year went on, which I think is a, is a huge thing for this team going forward as they that's a spot where they you know won't necessarily have a lot of money to invest in and yeah for a 21 year old rookie like this that you got at the end of the first round this is you know with limited opportunities this is about as good as you could have hoped for and to be honest he probably should have been playing more in the postseason based on the kind of production he was putting up there the fouling is a big issue for him that's the one thing he really needs to improve on next year on top of just being a you know maybe more of a viable offensive weapon at times. Um, but I don't know, like what did it's, it looked pretty good to me, especially towards the end. Yeah, no, it was, it was a great start. It was a solid start. I think because he's not quite your traditional NBA player, he's not going to affect games the way, you know, most stars or, 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 or consistent role players do. He's not going to necessarily put up points. If anything, he's going to end up being more of a, a PJ Tucker kind of guy. Right. Um, so I think it might take some time for him to come into his own. It might take some time for the Celtics and Brad Stevens to figure out, okay, what, when and where and how are the best ways for us to use Grant Williams. Um, and it seemed like they weren't even quite sure of that for, for many times, you know, during the postseason. 
right? Or, or some, and same with Robert Williams too. Like some games, he he plays a little bit. Some sometimes he's just banished to the bench, and and you don't see him at all. So I, I think it, there is a little bit of a learning curve. I think that when you talk about the, the scale of uh, of crazy and hectic uh, rookie seasons, like it, it doesn't get much crazier than than what these rookies went through. I think he probably grew a lot. I think he learned a lot. Um, you know, and again, surrounding himself, spending the the quarantine living with Kemba, right. Sure. Uh, learning from the best, you know, it seems, he seems like a guy who's pretty focused right now on becoming the best basketball player, uh, that he can be. And when you, when you, when you consider his, his, his brain, right. His, his ability to learn and understand, I think, uh, there's, there's hope that again, if, if, if he, if, if he does this again next year, we're talking about a C, right. he has increased expectations. No, there's I'll no say that. at the very least, the, the ceiling is the ceiling is a little bit higher. I'm still not sure exactly how he's going to do it. I don't know how they're going to use him, but I think he gives you a lot of options. No question. His, you know, his versatility lets you address other areas of the roster potentially if he takes, you know, the, the strides that you hope in year two here. So that is, um, you know, going to be a very interesting question to see how the front office handles the front court um, depth this offseason, knowing what they have. Yeah, and, Williams. The, and this is good. And we talk about the same thing with Tice, same thing with Robert Williams. Uh, when you have the core that the Celtics do already, right? So let's say, let's just call it Kemba, you know, Tatum, uh, Jalen, to a lesser extent, Marcus, and depending on what happens moving forward with Gordon, these guys, those three guys, Tice, Williams, and Williams, who can affect games are entirely comfortable being out there for long periods of time without shooting the ball, without having a play called for them. Right. Um, and, uh, you know, Grant maybe needs to shoot a little bit more. But those are the guys, that the, the pieces that are going to come around, come together around the offensive core of the Celtics. You need guys like that who are on smaller contracts and all three of those guys to qualify. Um, all right. So let, let, let's get these. Let's get these five guys out of the way real quick. Well, we skipped uh, uh, for doing on uh, experience with the Celtics. We, we, we've missed someone. Missed. Who did we miss? One of the longest tenured Celtics. Who did I skip over? Are you talking about Brad Stevens? <laughs> no. no. Oh, she- oh, I already talked, and I talked about Shemmy too, huh? Uh, I- I'm going to give. She- I-, I I for some reason left him off my list, even though I told you I was I was researching his his foul shooting. Uh, I'm going to give Shemmy like a C this year. Yeah, this is it's funny you say that. we haven't given out any C's yet, but I'm going to give him a C plus, and it kind of feels harsh. Um, mm. from one standpoint, since he did shoot a career high 37% from three, um, and which is big, which is a big part of what he does. Um, but that shooting disappeared in the postseason, 24% from three. And there was really nothing else added to his game. It was, it was very flat. And so if anything, it seemed like it was taken away. It seemed like his, he lost some of his explosiveness, some of that, his athleticism, he just seemed like he had sort of morphed into like a spot up shooter. And granted, defensively, he's still able to do some things, but like, yeah, he just seemed like a guy that you were going to count on to hit open jump shots, and he just didn't do that when it mattered most. Right. And so, and if you look just team wide, the was I think the only member in the rotation on the Celtics that had negative net rating when he was on the floor, and that's because the offense was ten points worse per hundred possessions when he was out there. So. Not great. The, the the drag on the offense is real. It's been there for pretty much his whole career. Um, he's still an NBA player. He, the, he's still got a year left in his deal for cheap money. 
Um, and just having him, his ability to, you know, hold his own against guys like Giannis um, might be enough to keep him. I mean, if it's not enough to keep him here, it's certainly enough to keep him somewhere in the NBA. Um, but with Grant Williams' development, it's, you know, kind of a question now, like, and also Brad Stevens' tendency to kind of lean on him maybe a little bit more than he should um, during this postseason. Um, you wonder if, if Shemi's days in Boston are numbered. Yeah, you know, he came in and it was like either we started like it was either him or Yabo, like who's going to take over that role. And he obviously won that, won that battle. And now moving on, it's like him or Grant Williams. And, and it seems like he's, you know, certainly on the, the losing side. Because you, you, you don't, you don't you're not going to have too many guys like that on the team. Right. You know, that's, that's a very specific role, it seems like. Um, but yeah, and again, th- we're talking about the seventh pick in the second round, right? So expectations never high, but it seems like isn't it? He, he was on the team for three years. And I know for a fact, coming into the bubble, you know, after the, the, the little mini offseason they had, the Celtics were counting on him. They thought that he was going to be someone, he, you know, relative expectations, right? He's still Shemi Ozawa. Right. But I, I think the team was expecting him to make a little bit of a leap in the bubble. And especially once Romeo went down, you know, that was, it, it wasn't huge. It's certainly not the reason that they aren't still playing, but it was just another one of the little, the, like, the, like the lesser cards that fell that kind of went into the, the collapse. Like he could have been a guy that it, when you lost Gordon, he maybe you counted on to give you a little, little bit more. But um, again, but like you said, he, he, he clearly knows the system. He's someone that they're comfortable having there from, you know, personality wise, a guy who obviously works hard. And for that price, maybe you keep him around, but you got to hope that he can shoot a little bit better than what he did in the postseason. Otherwise you can't even have him out there. Yeah. It'll be fascinating to see. I, you know, thinking, I kind of look at it as like if they can get something for him, like a second round pick, then you move him. Um, just because you don't necessarily need that. If if not, then you know you probably bring him into camp and make him earn a spot in the team next year, which he he should, uh, yeah. depending on what your roster complexion is. Um, but they're you know depending on what they do with the draft and with trades, like you might you know be able to upgrade what he does with Grant Williams and other guys. So. Um, but yeah, see, not, not the, the seasons Shemi was looking for, especially the way it ended. Sure. Okay. So back, back to the five, Javante Green, Carson Edwards, uh, Vincent, Tremont Waters, Taco Fall. Uh, you have anything inspiring to say about any of these guys? Yeah. I mean, we'll start with Vincent. I mean, I, let's get, let's keep my, these quick. Let's keep these quick. Yeah, we'll, these, we'll do a minute on each of these guys. Vincent gets a D. Um, I'm not sure why he was still on the roster at the end of the year. Um, I don't expect him to be on the roster next year. I'd give him an F, um, but he honestly didn't play enough to like earn an F. Um, so right. it's a D. It's a swing and a miss. It's like a, a little risk swing and a miss, but they still have to pay him $2.6 million next year. So that, that complicates things a little bit. Yeah, and I guess the one thing, because I, I, I told you, I know that they, they had expectations for him this year. Sure. Uh, he was, he was good my, in international play, like last summer on Team France. Yeah, that he was not brought in to, to be who he was, and maybe it was a bigger adjustment than he imagined uh, in the NBA. Maybe he needed that one year just to study the league that, to the point where maybe he could be a factor next year. But I agree with you. I don't think it's worth it. He got a D for me as well. Um, to Javante Green, I give him a, a C, a B. I don't know. When he, when he got a chance, he was solid. But I am a uh, B. I mean, he was a 15th man, and he gave them some – I mean – 
good minutes in, in November when Gordon went down and they, the injuries are piling up there. So, yeah. And I, and I respect the hell out of Javante Green. I, I remember last year, two summers ago, summer league, when he was on the team, just junk, dunking his ass off. And at that point, I didn't think he had a chance to make the squad. I thought he was just someone that they brought into the roster uh, in summer league. But the guys came out and played a – he's an NBA player. You know, that's, that, yeah. is, that is unbelievable. And I don't know, uh, moving forward, you know, where, where you'll see him. But uh, the guy earned himself uh, a lot of money. And uh, I don't it know. should be a roster great- somewhere. It just might not be, like you said, it, with due to the roster crunch, it just might not be here. Um, sure. But yeah, he, I mean, this is as good as you can get, you know, not as good, but it's too bad he was injured in the postseason too. Like, I wonder if he was healthy, you know, I bet he gets a chance against in that heat series before Gordon gets out, like, you know, driving against that zone. I don't know if it would have made a difference, but um, I bet it's too bad that he was hurt for that because they, uh, they, he deserved a shot at that point. Yeah. Do you, uh, do Doc Taco fall for the, the most demoralizing <laughs> point, point 0.5 seconds yes. in I, the I playoffs? Been, yeah. I like, I was going to give him a straight A for just the, the pure, <laughs> the fan enjoyment factor and um, that he brought and just the, the good vibes he brought to the team. But yeah, I mean, you're on the floor for the, the, the one second that, ultimately may have been what caused the Celtics the postseason because that turned what could have been a sweep into a seven uh, game series that clearly wore them down um, to some degree in that Miami series. So yeah, just an A minus for taco. Um, I don't know. I don't know how he comes back from that, to be honest. Yeah. I think, uh, that, that, that could be a career ender. He, and he pushed, especially he got pushed back from the, uh, the end line, the sideline by the refs. And you had to, if it's a rookie move. You got to ignore that and you got to just, you know, hover over Lowry as much as you can. So, you know, you look at the tape, you learn, you learn from that. Another guy, I respect the taco for making it for, for, for playing in the NBA. Even I mean, is he back to... next year? On a, uh, yes. Wait. Yes. I, I, I believe that he will be back. What do you I think? agree. I think so too. Um, but only on a two way. Um, sure. Okay. Uh, two guys, Carson Edwards. I mean, and we, you talk about expectations. What are Carson Edwards expectations, if not for hitting 5,000 three pointers in 12 minutes during the preseason, right? That sort of set him up to, to be a failure in the eyes of the fans. Um, but given what we saw, I mean, it's gotta be like a, a C or a D. It's a D. I mean, this is his expectation was to hit some threes. That would have been a C and he just didn't do it. I mean, 31%. And even worse, 32% from the field, which means he shot like 33% from two on two pointers. So he couldn't finish at the rim, couldn't hit threes, couldn't really play defense uh, well enough to, to stay on the floor. And they gave him an extended run at the beginning of the year. Like they really wanted him to succeed in, in you know, November and he just didn't have it. And um, yeah, I don't know. It's going to be tough for him. He's going to have to have a hell of a training camp if he's going to be on the team next year. Um, Cause I don't know if the, the promise is there enough to keep him around. Yeah, I was, I was shocked to see he played 37 games this year. Yeah, a lot <laughs> earlier. <laughs> right, literally like a full year ago at this point, pretty much. Um, but yeah, and then uh, and then uh, I think one of the brighter spots is Tremont Waters. I think we're talking about whether the guy's having a future. Uh, he's got a future with the Celtics, Tremont Waters. I mean, I gave him, I gave him a, a B or a C. It doesn't really matter. He didn't play very much, but he did play well. Uh, both places in Maine and Boston when he got a chance. And I think he's the guy that the Celtics really like. Agreed. I mean, that's, you sent him down to the G league to do his thing and he did it. Um, got a bunch of accolades down there. 
for the season. And then even in the couple, he's got it. He took way too many shots when he got chances to play for the Celtics. He's really got to reel that in um, if he wants to actually be a rotation player. Um, but he also, you could measure his impact in terms of his, you know, ball distribution skills and, you know, being a, a defensive pest. So I'm um, going to be a huge offseason for him, big training camp for him to, you know, he's obviously going to be hungry for a 15 man roster spot and they're going to have to give him that chance. And we'll see if he is up to the, the task. And if you're at a point where the Celtics do feel comfortable uh, letting Brad Watermaker walk, you would think that maybe it's because they think Tremont Waters can right. maybe play that role a little bit. Absolutely. Um, uh, okay. we got, we got three players left. Um, let's go with what well, we'll go with the, the most incomplete of the, of, of the trio, uh, rookie Romeo Langford. And I, that was my grade for him incomplete. I think you saw some things that can get you excited, but clearly just didn't see enough of it by no fault yeah. of his own. Right. I just didn't see it. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't know as a, as a C, but I think incomplete is more fair. Um, just based on the number of injuries, the fact that they knew he were going to have these injuries. They drafted him with that in mind, um, to rework his jump shot. And after he had the thumb surgery and the defensive glimpses were really encouraging. Um, once he did get healthy, uh, midway through the season and, you know, in the, in the seating games in the bubble before he hurt his wrist there, um, offensively, the numbers were pretty ugly, uh, very limited opportunities, but that still needs to be a big priority. And it's, it's tough now he's, he had wrist surgery and, um, we're not even sure when he's, if he's going to be ready for the start of next year, um, after repairing attendance. So that is going to make that tough, but um yeah it's just uh you know you'll snake bedding all year long and you see what he comes back as um hopefully ready to jump in the rotation in, in year two had the coin flip gone differently would you still take him over tyler hero <laughs> or do you think you would you would go with hero uh i'm gonna think let me think about this can i get back to you on that <laughs> yeah yeah we'll, we'll, we'll follow up on that next week okay two guys left uh ennis Cantor. i think that all things considered, this was the Anis, the Anis Cantor experience. Ups, downs, very polarizing. Had some games where you're like, okay, this is why you got him here. Had some games where it's like, this guy should never fucking play again. Get him <laughs> off Get him off the floor. I, you know, I, I gave him a, a B. You know, that's just kind of, that's Cantor, but what, what we saw this year. Uh, what were your thoughts? Yeah, I'm with you. This was the Cantor experience, the B. It's a straight B. You... He had a great run in the first, like once he got healthy in the first couple of months of the year um, with the offensive rebounding and just being, you know, an automatic down low, but the flaws were very much there, especially even on the offensive end. Like he's, he only shot like 52% in the playoffs from the field for a guy that lives in the paint. That's just not, his finishing was not good enough there. Like he'd be prone to get stripped in the post and then the defense is what it is. It makes him pretty much unplayable. Um, against most teams in the postseason. So um, it was a good, you know, I have no quills with the signing. It, he gave you what you want him to as a big body to go up against Embiid and, you know, just offensive rebounding all year long. And, um, but now, you know, I expect him to opt in and I'll be very curious to see if he stays around or not. I, if I had to bet, I'd probably bet that he's, you know, they trade him. I think so too. I think, uh, again, and, and let's give him some credit. I think the fact that, you know, they, they said to him, hey, man, you're, not, you're just not going to play in the second round of the playoffs. Right. Uh, and, he, and he was right up there. He was 
one of the most active guys on the bench cheering for his team, staying positive. Clearly, you know, you could see, and I great, you know, social media it lies a lot, but like, it seems in terms of some of the team videos, he's a guy that got along with everyone and, and wasn't, you know, wasn't dragging the team down. He, he handled himself pretty well off the court <laughs> on the court. Like you say, you can, you, you can, you can take him or leave him sometimes. And you just, it, when you get, to the point when you get to the stage the Celtics are, when you get to the point when you're a team that has legitimate championship expectations, it's hard to have a guy like that. You know, you need you need more consistency. Um, and yeah, I, w- I would not be shocked at all if he's played his last game as a Celtic. Um, but that said, we we know we know who Ennis Cantor is, right? There's there's a reason that he's played for what the Celtics were his one, two, three, four, fifth team. Um, a lot of those in recent seasons, you know, right. He's, he moves around a lot and uh, there's a reason for that. Um, and I think he could be on the move again. So uh, let's wrap it up with, uh, I don't know. It, this is, we could go either way with, 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 with Kemba Walker, you know, they, it granted, you know, you, you, you weren't expecting Kemba of, of the Hornets, right. Because it's just a different situation. He played, he played his fewest minutes per game since his rookie year lowest points per game since 2015, uh, you know, first year since his rookie season under five assists per game. Um, but you, you can, you think about where the Celtics were coming from the role that he played as, you know, maybe, maybe a complimentary piece if we want to call it that to the, to the Jays and all that. And what did you give Kemba for a grade? I, I'm going to give him a B plus. Yeah, I honestly was a little tougher on Kemba. Um, I think that's very fair. Yeah. I went B minus. Um, it was, I mean, the first half of the season was an A. He was an all-star. He was great for chemistry. He was everything you wanted. And then, you know, through not necessarily much of his fault, like his knee started giving out on him and he wasn't the same guy. He wasn't the same guy pretty much from January on. Um, he was really bad in February when he did play, um, and in the bubble, he had his moments, but he clearly wasn't the same guy. So, 30, 31%, 31% from yeah. three in the playoffs. Right. So, it's just, and I mean, Toronto obviously keyed in on him. That was probably his best series, and they kind of took him out of it, which, you know, you don't fault him too much for that. But they needed him to be better against the Heat, and he wasn't. And, um, and I guess it's it's a little bit concerning, you know, with his age and his history of knee issues, like where, you know, if this is the, the new norm for him or if he's going to be able to, you know, recover uh, more fully from the knee soreness this offseason. Um, obviously, a lot of pressure on the, the C's medical and training staff to, to try to figure out what the best route for him is moving forward. Um, but, yeah, like to me, it's like a first half of season, second half of season was a C, and then the playoffs – was probably like a B or B minus. So I come in and add a B minus there. It's a lot of that is due to the injury. Um, but it's still, um, even when he was on the floor and seen to be right, he just wasn't the same guy. Um, wasn't the all-star that the C's thought they signed. Yeah. And I think, you know, one positive, I think we could both agree that the Celtics can win moving forward with Kemba being their third best player. Sure. Right. Like the, the, the pressure isn't quite, what it was in Charlotte. And that's, you know, we, we knew that coming in, but yeah, I mean, you worry because, you know, part of, part of Kemba, part of Kemba Walker is the fact that he was so consistent, always there. 
And I don't know if it was a matter of, you know, playing in the Olympics and never really having that break, if that cut up to him a little bit with the, with the knee, I think that's a very fair thing to worry about. Um, but yeah, I don't know. You, you wonder if, if you'll, if we'll ever see the best of Kemba Walker again. Yeah. And, but yeah, it, it, you said, it's a good point. He doesn't have to be the number one now. He might even, like you said, he could, and he will be adaptable to sliding into that number three role, which is important for someone on, you know, a contract like he's on. Um, same for Gordon, obviously. That's that's pretty important to have guys like that since that can create a much bigger headache if they're, you know, don't have that mindset. But yeah, you know, this is a situation where, you know, either if he's not the same guy, then he's, you know, you hopefully he learns to adapt to, you know, his limitations. Um, and this was, I mean, to be fair to him too, this was his first deep playoff run. And, you know, you learned some lessons there in terms of, where you need to be and the shots that you should and shouldn't be taking and um, defensively how to like better position yourselves to not be, you know, picked on as much. And so, you know, he'll be back. He's not going anywhere. Um, so sure. that's, uh, you know, I don't, his, his DNA as a player is, you know, he'll come back and he'll learn from it. Uh, do you want to, uh, wrap this up i mean it's funny like most of our grades have been i think in the a minus b range if you were going to give the celtics a grade for this season grade. based on expectations it's 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 funny because you say the 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 you know the sum of the parts right sometimes the i i think that as a team it's probably like a a b despite all the individual right. a minuses that we handed out when it all came together they were actually like less there was a b i would agree and so do you let's let's wrap up with grades for Danny and Brad, I think too, which are worth going on. I'll go first um, <laughs> because it's funny that we, cause Mike put in his grades here too, which I think are, are fascinating. Um, but so Mike gave Danny an A um, and I give Danny a C plus. Whoa. Um, Who would have made the difference is my question. I'm not sure, but but that's a, that's a thing. That's, these these guys need to exist. I mean, for Danny, they, for Danny to make the moves. But it's it's true. But it's like you also have three first round picks, and can't you had you had pieces to move, and you ultimately like guys got hurt, but guys were hurt all year. Um, so when push came to shove, and you were in a spot where you had, you know, the ability to get to the NBA finals you didn't because your bench was a little too shallow and you had a bunch too many guys on your bench that, you know, weren't giving you anything. So, yeah, but you're also up, up almost 20 points in the first two games. And you know what I mean? Like, it seems like they had, it seems like they still had enough. You know what I mean? And I, again, I don't know who, I mean, I guess they could have, they could have tried, tried to outbid for, for Iwadala. Like, do you think, I mean, granted taking him away from Miami would have been, right. <laughs> would have helped in that, in that head to head matchup. And again, I'll I'll give I'm not gonna give Danny an A like like uh, like Pina did like I'll, I'll I'll say B plus like maybe you could have been more creative. I just don't know. I don't don't know what they could have done. And I don't know what it could have been worth because would would Marvin Williams have been enough to put them over the over the hump against Miami? I'm not sure, but the fact that they didn't do like anything was to me like that's where like there was too much dead weight at the end of this roster to not do anything is I guess my point. And I don't know if you could have gotten those guys. I mean, some of it is 
Like Larry Williams went to Milwaukee, you know, Markeith Morris signed to the Lakers. Those guys were getting, you know, maybe promises of opportunity that they weren't necessarily going to get in Boston, but there were chips to maneuver here. They didn't have enough, like they had extra draft picks that they're not going to be able to fit on next year's roster of out trading more guys now. So it's like, we are coming to a point where with how good Kemba looked and, you know, Tatum's leap, um, you know, you can't predict what the bubble was going to look like, obviously, and the benefit of an added training camp for all these teams um, in integrating their new pieces. But it, this was a, something we've seen before where they just injuries pile up and then you're left in a bad spot and it happened again. And you can't, when your team is prone to get hurt all year long, um, that's, you know, he, that, that knocks it like knocks him back for me. All right. And then I'm going to give Brad a, you know, Pina gave him a B minus. I'm right around there. B minus or B. And mostly just talk about expectations. You, you, we think of Brad as, as one of the best coaches in the NBA, a guy who, whether or not he's going to win you a series, you don't expect he's going to lose you a series. I don't know if he necessarily lost the series, but clearly when you point to the reasons why Miami beat the Celtics, Brad being outcoached by Spolstro is a big factor in that. Uh, so you certainly can't give him an A. I'll give him a B minus too. Yeah, I'll give him a B. Um, I'm, I think you just nailed it in terms of what, you know, he got them past Nick Nurse in a series they weren't favored without Hayward. Like, but that was something where he, that turned into um, a grind after going up 2-0 and he eventually got there, but it was maybe tougher than it should have been. Um, and then for the, the, the way things ended against the heat in those fourth quarters, you know, obviously the, the, the issues lie with the players first and foremost in terms of how it ended, but uh, you know, he, Stevens has to take some responsibility there too. And um you know, I think it was a an A regular season for him, and then probably a you know a B minus B uh, postseason. So I land on you know you, you knock it down to you put them together and you get closer to a B once you look at where the talent level was in that series. Cool. All right. Good report carding. Good report card. A lot of a lot of ground there. Um, <laughs> and yeah, it's gonna be. I mean, we'll, have, we'll be back soon, um, starting to get into a deeper dive in terms of what the possibilities are for this team in this offseason. I think it is fascinating. It's like, like we'll, just to wrap things up, like, I could see, I think the odds are strongly against, like, a big shakeup, i.e., like, a trade of a core piece, one of their best five this year. But I think those are routes that still have to be explored. Um, based on how the season ended and how like the future is lining up. Um, and you know, Danny's not afraid to do something like that. You know, 100%. If, if it makes the Celtics better, he'll do it. So yeah, we'll, we'll take a look. All right. So in the meantime, hit us up at winning plays pod on Twitter um, at rich underscore Levine at Brian T Rob. And we will be back with you guys um, next week. Rich, we might not be hearing from you for a little bit here since you have um, yes, a little, news a, a, little, a little baby girl on the way. Uh, Jason Jalen Levine will be uh, <laughs> will be joining the world hopefully soon. You know, hopefully it, could, it could be by the time I we hang up on this podcast or at any point <laughs> over the next couple of weeks. So we'll keep it we'll keep it fluid. We will we'll be excited for that for Rich, um, and we will be hearing from 
him and his little girl, hopefully, you know, in, in a month or two, whenever he is able to pop on. But in the meantime, we'll be back with you guys um, throughout the offseason here as we get going in terms of what should be an exciting sprint towards 2021.